All right, welcome to The Money Puzzle, formerly known as uh, Peace of Mind Radio. I actually Took almost, you a minute. You almost, almost forgot, forgot Peace of Mind Radio. I was going to say, forgetting. <laughs> we haven't done that for the past six, seven years. How quickly years, we forget, right? That's yep. right. All right, so anyway, welcome to The Money Puzzle. Uh, today's going to be pretty interesting. So uh, we're talking about uh, just mis- common mistakes or uh, really common mistakes that we see investors make when it comes to their investment selections or we investments should, in general. We should probably emphasize do-it-yourself Yeah, 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 do-it-yourself. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was actually the name of the show, not in right down. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so this is kind of a DIY uh, discussion. But how we're going to approach it is we're going to talk about sort of uh, the mistakes we see people make and then sort of what they should be doing, yeah. right? So, right. I, okay, we see that, you know, this is a common mistake, but here's how people should approach it. That's how we're going to tackle all this, okay. right? All right, uh, so before we get started, phone number for us, 502-200-5210. And now you have a new voice. Uh, she's actually over there behind the, behind the camera today. But anyway, when you call in, you'll get her voice, not one of ours. So uh, we're pretty excited. Which is a definite improvement. Yeah, which is uh, pretty excited about having her on board. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, let's jump right in. So the first one we uh, want to talk about is, and this is pretty good timing, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're, this is what, uh, beginning of February 2022, mm-hmm. and we got a lot of volatility right. in the market, as you guys know. And so we have a tendency to find investors are doing what when the market's all over the place? Freaking out a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> getting, getting a little overly emotional mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and overly having too much emotion as it pertains to your investments can lead to poor decision making. Um, and so what we're seeing a lot of investors doing now is maybe selling off at a point when the market might be finding its bottom to some right. degree anyway. So, I, I, you know what, I, that's absolutely right. I've, I've talked to people who are doing that. I've talked to people about why they should or shouldn't do certain things. Uh, the way that I like to explain this to people is when you go shop for something, do you buy it when you know it's on full price or do you buy it when it's on sale or, you know, if you get lucky, maybe a clearance and then reverse the roles a little bit. So you're the retailer. Would you rather sell it on sale or would you rather sell it when it's at full price? So if you apply that to now, you know, the markets are down a little bit. Now's not the right time to sell because everything is on clearance, if you will. So it's a good time to buy if you're the if you're the consumer, but if you're the retailer, it's a great time to buy. Or excuse me, it's not a great time to sell. Well, what's the number one rule of investing too? Buy low, buy low, sell, sell high. high. That's right. It's not buy low and then sell low. Low. <laughs> that, that defeats the <laughs> defeats entire the point. It defeats yep. the entire purpose. Yeah, and, and we were talking about this earlier as we were prepping for this uh, conversation. But going back to 2008 when we had that market crash, mm-hmm. I, I know personally I have two clients. Um, I, I, they weren't clients back then, obviously, right. but since then have, have become clients and they've both told me that they got scared and they went to cash for the most part in their portfolios in the end of 08, beginning of 09. One of them didn't get back really fully invested until 2013. The other, I think it was around 2014 or 15. So they missed uh, they all missed, the growth. Yeah. They missed an absolute ton of growth. And I just shudder thinking about how much more they could have had in their portfolios uh, saved and invested over that time period that they missed. Yep. Yeah, we actually had a show on this not too long ago, but you know, what my take on us, and you guys are exactly right, and I follow you guys, uh, but I think one of the things that causes clients to become emotional is just the uh, the absorption of different medias that are out there, right? Oh, we yeah. did a show on this not yep. too long ago. I mean, you can look, follow any, it, it, go to CNBC or Fox Business News or any 
any form of a Yahoo Finance, whatever you want to follow. Mm-hmm. And pretty much it's all negative, right? I mean, and they they cause, I think, uh, investors that want that are looking for information, they, they have a tendency to be more negative. And so it'll cause investors to react more uh, emotionally as opposed to fundamentally saying, okay, you know, really what the market's doing, if is it a correction or whatever it is. But I think just your intake of data or information can cause you to be more emotional than what well, really should it, be. Well, we did do a show on that. We and, did. And, and we talked about it's old-fashioned news media. If it bleeds, it leads. It's the negative stuff that they're always going to report on the news first because that causes people to pay attention. So if you're getting all of your information from one source or sources that are all doing the same thing, you're going to be getting negative after negative after negative after negative. Well, of course your emotions are going to take over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, real quick, uh, Miss Producer, um, or Miss Producer, sorry about that. Um, Can you throw up (laughs) pictures of our office real quick? Uh, You guys should be seeing pictures of our office. Should be, I don't know, there's two or three she's probably going to kind of go through. Uh, so I want to show this because, number one, we changed the name of our podcast, yeah. right? It's called The Money Puzzle. Um, and then number two, we've got something that's coming up, we believe, April 2nd now, right? That's, that's we'll, our understanding. I think, I think we've 2nd, got, yeah. the we got the official start date we got the official start date. We're not going to announce what it is yet, so you have to keep kind of following us until then. But we get closer to it. Uh, we'll announce uh, what that is and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so anyway, you can kind of flash through a couple of the different pictures. We actually redid our uh, office to reflect the concept of the money puzzle. Yep. Well, right. it, it's probably fair to say we didn't redo it. We just <laughs> we did it in the we first place. We did it in the first place. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, we did have, in, in all fairness, you've got a bunch of guys, and whatever we wanted to decorate the office with was not going to be good because none of us are gifted at decorating things. It's yeah, just true. not what we did. We've actually argued about a lot of bad ideas, but there wasn't a good one in the group. So That's true. We finally <clears throat> got the right people to come in and design some things for us, and, yeah. it, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, it really does. Kind of cool. All right, so uh, moving on. Okay, so the next one we're going to talk about is selection of individual stocks and mutual funds. So just what are some of the mistakes that you guys see um, when you know a, a prospective client comes in and they have a slew of stuff in their portfolio, mm-hmm. what 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 type of mistakes are you guys seeing that they make? Well, I'll say I'll, I'll say as it pertains to stocks specifically, I see well I see a ton of mistakes generally, but one of two are, are the most common. One too much of your portfolio is in one specific stock, or maybe one or oh, two yeah. specific stocks. Yep. So you're overweighted with one single company, and that that's called business risk, right? You have mm-hmm. too much of your risk you know, associated with one specific business. So if something happens to that business, your, your, your portfolio is right. <laughs> going to be in a lot of pain. And we're seeing that right now with so much volatility. A lot of the stocks that have had tra- just fantastic years over the last couple of years, 2019, 2020, um, we've seen especially, you know, like in IT and, and the growth sector, some of the more popular stocks out there have just taken an absolute beating over the last few months, which is, which is fine. And I think over enough time, that's not necessarily a, a horrible thing, um, but if you're overweighted in that specific sector or in one or two specific stocks, your portfolio is going to be down quite a bit potentially. Yeah. Um, well, the- I, would, I would add to that on the business risk side, when you're talking about an individual business and why that's high risk, uh, there's some things where perfectly good companies can suddenly uh, swing one way or the other. And we've talked about this on podcasts in the past, uh, when wind resorts got just clobbered because of a Me Too accusation during that thing a few years ago. Uh, I was thinking just last week, 
Facebook. I was going to raise. That's a fantastic. What, yep. what was the total? Was it down twenty seven percent? I believe it yeah. was in, in, in one in, day. In one day, and that was really not due to anything that Facebook did. It was really due to Apple changing their privacy settings. Correct. And so Facebook makes so much of their money on ad revenue, yep. mostly from small businesses, <laughs> quite frankly, but. Because Apple changed their privacy settings, you weren't able to really do retargeting, right. which I know we're probably getting a little, maybe a little bit too in the weeds. But basically, it was cutting off Facebook's ability to generate ad revenue. Right. So something which is that where was where their revenue stream really so something comes that from. was completely out of Facebook's control. That they did nothing. There was nothing wrong with their business model right. per se, but now they're stuck in this place where somebody else made a decision that completely affected their business. Yeah, and right. Facebook's not exactly a mom and pop shop. That's one of the. I mean, that's one of the fang stocks, right? That yeah, we talk about. Right. That's one of the market movers. Um, and if it can happen to Facebook, it can happen to anybody. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there, there's been plenty. Uh, you know, Enron was another one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody on on a Thursday, everybody had plenty of money in their Enron stock, and then the very next day they had nothing. So the the other thing that I'll, I'll just point out, I mean, stocks are one thing, and that's a great example. I think mutual funds is another. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're not promoting a particular mutual fund. This is just a, uh, that um, investors will have a tendency to look at historical performance returns and select mutual funds based on that alone without looking at all the other content. And we see this a lot. So somebody will come in and they'll have their 401k statement Mm -hmm. and you look and they'll have like multiple, you know, uh, blended funds, like a fund of funds and they'll have four or five of them. You're like, what are you doing? Well, you know, if they just don't understand it, one, because they're really not uh, educated much on it um, from the 401k providers. But number two, you'll look and they'll have an overweight or the majority of their funds are in small cap mm-hmm. mutual funds. Why? Because they look at the performance and they go, look at the three and the five and the 10 year. Wow, on this. that looks great. Yeah, and what yeah, they don't exactly. see is the huge volatility that can be year over year. Um, so what they see is they just go, well, this is the highest performing fund. I'm going to put all my money in there. But in, And it's fine to have some allocation there, as we know, but you don't have everything in that in those uh, you know it's all small cap stuff. So anyway, so what do you guys when you're when you're talking about a client that comes in that is either selected a mutual fund or uh, or stocks? I mean, how do you, how do you educate clients on what should they be looking for when they're looking to pick a mutual fund or a stock? Well, the big one that I do um, is correlation, and correlation is the concept that uh, when uh, when a stock or a mutual fund or whatever the case is goes up, what do the other things do according to it? So, for example, a correlation of 1.0, that ratio means if this goes up this amount, the other thing goes up roughly the same amount. That's a, that's a, uh, a positive correlation. You need to have things that don't correlate with each other the same way. That's diversification. Uh, when the market goes up, uh, you know, 10%, if your portfolio goes up exactly the same, that means when the market goes down, there's a good chance it's going to go down exactly the same. And if you've got a highly correlated set of mutual funds, and that's where I see it the most, guess what's going to happen? You're, you're going to take all the lumps along with all the upsides. Yeah, especially, well, when you look at it from the other side, too. I mean, there's also a problem we talk about not being diversified enough. Mm -hmm. There's also a problem that occurs that most people don't think about is over-diversification. And when you get to over-diversification, you're actually just holding a lot of the same stuff. You're just holding it in different things, and that's called overlap. So when you have mutual funds, let's say you have two S&P 500 mutual funds. You're going to have two mutual funds, and this is very, very basic, but you're going to have two S&P 500 mutual funds they are going to basically track that index. Both of those mutual funds, for the most part, are probably going to have the same or very, very similar underlying holdings. 
there's not going to be much diversification between those two mutual funds, even though, you know, they're, they're two separate mutual funds. They're going to go to your point in correlation with one another. They're, they're going to perform very, very similar. There's not, you know, there's not really any diversification there, even though you think just because you have multiple holdings, you're diversified. That's not necessarily the case. Right. Um, and so it, the same thing you can go, going back to what I was talking about earlier was with individual stocks, because sometimes it's easier to think about individual stocks. Um, if you've got, you know, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, just those are all tech companies, right? Mm -hmm. You're not really diversified. You have a couple different holdings, but they're all the same type of company. So if you're trying to build a diversified portfolio, you want some tech, you want some finance, you want some, you know, consumer staples, you, yep. you want, you know, industrials, things like that. You're not really building any diversification when you're picking stocks that are basically going to look and sound <clears throat> alike. Right. So. Yeah, the other thing I'd say, uh, when it, so, so two points. When it comes to individual stocks, you guys have heard me say this over and over. If anybody has an interest in picking individual stocks, I got great advice when I first got in the business yeah. from a guy that was, you know, he was very senior in the business. And I just went to him and I go, hey, I, I have an interest in picking stocks. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give you some advice. Only buy stocks in companies that either use their product, wear their product, eat their product, or have an interest in their product. Um, and if, if you can do that, then that's how you pick a stock. Don't try to go out and look at the data and the statistics and filter through all that information and try to pick a stock. It's just now, it's, it's not, you won't win doing that. But if right. you, you know, like, for example, um, I was a late, Chris knows this, I was a late addition to the Apple product. Um, but I did, I did have, I, I got a phone and uh, this is the, the second generation phone that came out. And I was like, you know, it's like Tuesday morning. There's going to be nobody over at the mall at that Apple store. I'm just going to go over there and get something fixed. I get the phone fixed or whatever. I went you in there. no clue. And the guy was like, you can come back on Wednesday. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, we're that busy. So I literally went back and I bought Apple stock. This has been years ago. And I did it because if there's that much demand, for something that I have to go in and schedule an appointment to get something to have to meet with somebody, there's probably, in a retail store. There's probably yeah. something there. So, well, going going back, actually, we were talking about Facebook earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I heard actually just last week on that day when when Facebook tanked 25, 27 percent in one day, there was an analyst that he had actually gone bearish. Actually, he he was kind of bearish on Facebook stock specifically because he started noticing his daughter and all of her friends were not on Facebook. Not on Facebook. They were all That's on right. Snapchat. Not even Instagram. They're kind of moving away from Instagram. Yeah. They were all on Snapchat, and so he had actually become more bullish on on Snapchat back then. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. just an interesting anecdote that plays well into what you're what you're talking about. Okay, just as a quick. I was going to say, is there somebody behind me? What are we there's a lady at? out in the hallway that's trying to get out of the door, and she has her hands full. But she there's like a handicap button, you know, yep. that you can hit and opens the door. She literally just took her foot and went. Why did you see that? Yep. She picked up her foot and slammed the button. <laughs> I could not notice that. Anyway, so uh, real quick. <laughs> Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, our phone number five zero two two zero zero five two one zero. You'll get uh, Whitney on the phone. You can talk to her. Um, and by the way, if you are if you're kind of a DIYer and you're like, hey, I don't know if my portfolio. You know, they're talking about this correlation stuff, and you know, I've really not had. I've kind of always picked my mutual funds myself. If you want to come in and meet with us. By all means, just pick up the phone, call Whitney, and she'll schedule uh, to meet with one of us, and we can sit down and walk you through anything you want to walk through, uh, especially about your portfolio. And if you're, I don't know, if you're on the uh, teetering on the edge of uh, selling out of the market, <laughs> uh, call us and we'll, uh, we'll we'll walk you back through that. So anyway, that's it. So our phone number again, 502-200-5210. Okay, real quick. Um, my last point I was going to make, 
Uh, so this sort of a lead in probably wasn't that good, but uh, the transition. But anyway, I'm a, I'll, I'll act like it was good. But we'll the work second transition. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the second thing I'll say about picking stocks and picking mutual funds is don't just seek the advice of a professional. Yeah. Don't seek the advice of your neighbor next door because I can tell you if they're telling you, oh, I bought this stock and it's gone up 500 percent. I can tell you that's a that's probably not true. Uh, and then two, they're probably not telling you about the other 15 stocks they bought that they lost money on. Um, so always seek the advice of a professional. So when you're picking stocks or picking mutual funds, call, seek the advice of a professional like us and say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this or, you know, Hey, how should I invest my assets? So with that being said, seeking advice of a professional, what, what, if you guys run into anything that's more of a, you know, where you've seen a client make a mistake because they got advice from a non-professional? Um, yeah, I had one that I dealt with not too long ago, and it went right along with the diversification. He'd been making his own investment choices. He'd been doing it along with a few buddies, none of whom were in the profession. They were in something totally unrelated. Um, what I found amazing was they owned several hundred uh, different companies, but they were all heavily correlated. They were all in two or three different industries. Um, but they were convinced that they were really well diversified. Uh, these were all the exact kind of holdings that were going to, they were going to tank together or they were going to go up together. And when you've been in, in, a, uh, in a bull market for as many years as what we we're in, you get this false sense of security. Oh, I know this is going to do well. This sector is great. I wouldn't want to buy any of that because that doesn't do well anymore. Uh, and then it, all it takes is a market correction for you to get a really painful lesson on how that's not actually diversified. And then to uh, add insult to injury, if you will, I looked at the different accounts that he had, IRAs, uh, uh, non-qualified accounts, across all of them. It was the same holdings. It's the same exact thing in every single account. So it's, it's this belief that you've got really good diversification. What you have is a really, really pretty statement until you look at the bottom line. Yeah, yep. kind of along those same lines, chasing returns. We're mm -hmm. chasing the next big thing. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll use one specific example. I had a client that, um, this was a few years back, um, you know, kind of got on the cannabis train <laughs> and, yep. and started investing in those types of stocks. And for the most part, a lot of those stocks were what we might call, quote unquote, penny stocks, or they're listed off a major exchange. Yep. And so very, very, very high risk. But he was chasing these returns, you know, thinking that these were going to be the next big thing. And maybe someday it will be. It's not yet. Right. <laughs> At least those, those stocks aren't yet. <laughs> and, and so he's, he's lost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. um, whereas the rest of his portfolio is fairly traditional. He had a pretty good chunk of it and invested in something that he thought was just going to, you know, earn him these huge rewards. And he was, he was chasing return. Um, some years that might pay off for you, but most of the time it, it usually won't. Yeah, the one thing I'll add to that is, I, I'm, and I'm going to generalize this, it's not a specific situation, but I'll say generally what, what I hear a lot is somebody will call up or they'll come in or a prospective client and they'll say, well, my neighbor's, you know, my neighbor's doing this or my neighbor's took, took Social Security at 72 or I was told to take Social Security, or, I'm sorry, 62. Yeah. At 62 or... That would be impressive yeah, to do it at I've 72. Been, yeah, or I've been you know, putting money in an IRA because my neighbor told me to, or this mm -hmm. is what somebody at work is doing, or I'm invested in this because, you know, I got invested in cannabis because somebody at the office said that, you know, they smoke weed and it's going to go through the roof or whatever the case is. Right. But 
what they're doing is they're essentially listening to someone else. That, that may be proper advice for that particular person because of their particular financial situation. It has nothing to do with uh, someone else. And I will tell you, we've done, I mean, I've done probably, north, I say north of 200. I could be approaching 300 plans at this point. I don't know how many. But I will tell you, there isn't, there isn't one of them that's walked in the door that's been identical. Oh, they're all so no. different. And, and that's really where we came up with this concept of the money puzzle uh, because everybody's puzzle is a little bit different. And there are different phases in your life where your puzzle is going to be different. So in the beginning phase of life, so we're in the accumulation phase, right? Um, you're sort of accumulating wealth. We get a lot of people to walk in the door that got bad advice. And all of a sudden now they're transitioning into the income phase of life mm -hmm. and they can't because they didn't set things up properly. Or in one case, a couple of years ago, uh, Chris had a client that came in that had started Social Security and they actually went back and unwound yep. that Social Security uh, because it was the right thing to do. So, again, uh, you know, entering into the from the accumulation phase of life to the income phase of life to the distribution phase of life. Again, your puzzle is going to be you're going to have different components of your puzzle from one piece or one, uh, you know, transition to another uh, from the accumulation to the income phase of what I'm talking about. Um, and so all and, and your puzzle is going to change. So there's no two puzzles the same. So what you're hearing from your neighbor or your buddy at work has is probably it's good advice for them. It's certainly not right because of the uniqueness of your situation. Yeah, it's just going to yeah. be different, right? So you you need to seek the advice of a professional and say, okay, here's my puzzle, right? Help us, help me put my puzzle together. And I will tell you, that's where we find the majority of folks that walk in our door is they sort of maybe know what their pieces mm -hmm. are, or maybe they have they don't even know that there are certain pieces that they have to have to their puzzle. And so they're coming in asking us sort of put, help them put their puzzle together. And that's really what we came up with the name, the money puzzle. So, um, but any other final kind of final thoughts on DIY? Not on the investment side. There's a lot on the planning side, but uh, I think we're going to do a sequel to this on that part, right? Yeah, we are. We're going to actually do uh, sort of planning mistakes, if you will, uh, next week. So it, well, we're doing it right after the show. So if we're all okay. dressed the same, you we know don't why. wear the same thing every day. Um, <laughs> But anyway, we're going to do that next week, so make sure you tune in there. But any final thoughts, Eric? No, nothing else to add specifically. I mean, as you were just talking, I was actually thinking of a few other planning, mm -hmm. DIY planning mistakes. Oh, yeah, right. And we'll get to those here shortly. Uh, and you mentioned Social Security. We'll, we'll end up having an entire show on, on that topic as well because that you can have a whole show on Social oh, yeah. Security. Uh, yeah, myth, easily. Myths and mistakes. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, thanks for watching. But uh, just remember, if you uh, – and again, we'll go back to this kind of money puzzle theme as, as we kind of move forward – and we'll try to relate everything back to this money puzzle. Um, but if you're one of those that, you know, you just got multiple pieces to your puzzle and you're not real sure how to put it all together or what it looks like, and it doesn't matter if you're in the accumulation phase or the income phase of life, um, and maybe your puzzle has changed from uh, maybe you're in the income phase and you're transitioning over to the income phase and you just don't know what all these pieces look like or how they all fit together, or, you know, specifically how Social Security actually fits into your puzzle, um, just bring, in other words, Bring your puzzle to us and, and uh, let us kind of help you uh, fix your puzzle uh, no matter what phase of life you're in. So anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to uh, make reference to uh, sort of moving forward is, you know, the puzzle pieces and how they all work together. Um, the investment piece of your puzzle is just one. Uh, the other uh, piece we're going to talk about is the planning piece, which, again, uh, is just another component of your puzzle. So uh, anyway, uh, thanks for watching this week. Catch us ne next week, and we're talking about planning mistakes uh, and we'll see you guys next week and I'll let Eric send it off like he always does. Yep. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click that red subscribe button. Be notified as soon as uh, we launch any new uh, material on our, on our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel, by the way, has been completely updated with 
our new logo for the the show and you know all the the money puzzle propaganda that we've got out there now um you're also able to listen any anywhere that you listen to any of your podcasts so if you are able to please leave us a a rating and a review that'd be fantastic as well and and we greatly appreciate uh, your time spent with us and and please share this uh, material with anybody else in your friends or family network that you think might benefit from it as well thanks the information given herein is taken from sources at IFP Advisors, LLC, Doing Businesses Independent Financial Partners, IFP, IFP Securities, Doing Businesses, IFP, and its advisors believed to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFP's express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC, investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Family Wealth Planning Partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities LLC doing business as IFP and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.